This is a Federal News Network podcast. Congress seems to be working hard to avoid a lapse in appropriations when the fiscal year ends in a couple of weeks. But as last year's budget battles and the longest partial shutdown ever show, anything can happen. For a review of what you can and cannot do during a lapse in appropriations, we turn to the Government Accountability Office's Managing Associate General Counsel, Shirley Jones. Ms. Jones, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Now, the General Counsel's Office recently issued a brief ruling with respect to Interior, which was trying to keep open the national parks, and they did something that you actually are not supposed to do during a lapse in appropriations. Just briefly review that for us. That's exactly right. Um, In response to several requests from Congress, we actually issued a series of legal opinions addressing actions taken during the shutdown, including this one where we concluded that the Department of Interior violated appropriations laws when it funded routine park maintenance by using recreation fees. And this was a violation because those fees were collected under a very specific authority that Congress had made available for repairs and facility enhancements. In fact, Interior had previously notified Congress that those fees would be used for capital improvements such as gravel roads, roof repairs, and repairs to sewer systems. Yeah, and so they instead kept it, used it to keep the parks open. I guess maybe they were well-intentioned, but you got to do things legally. And besides the Anti-Deficiency Act, which is spending money when there are no appropriations, which I think people are pretty familiar with, there was another law mentioned in there sort of obliquely called the Purposes Law, I believe it was. That's exactly right, the Purpose Statute. And just walking quickly through the analysis, we started with the fact that funds appropriated by Congress are only available for authorized purposes, and that's what the Purpose Statute says. So deter- to determine if it is an authorized purpose, we examine whether the expenditure bears a reasonable and logical relationship to the appropriation, whether the expenditure was expressly prohibited by law, and whether the expenditure was otherwise provided for. In this instance, interior's use of the fees fell the last part of the analysis because routine maintenance was otherwise provided for by interior's operations of the National Park System appropriation. Got it. So in general, an agency that wants to use any funds for any purpose, any agency for some other purpose, they need to get a reprogramming authority from Congress, correct? That is correct. Um, As I noted previously, Interior had previously notified Congress how they would be using those fees through their congressional budget justification. They had also notified Congress that they would be funding the routine maintenance through that operations of the National Park Service appropriations. So you're exactly right. If they wanted to change courses on how they would be using those fees, they needed to go back to Congress and notify Congress that they would be doing so in the following year. And we talk about that as well in the opinion. And getting to the general topic of lapses and appropriations, which probably safe to say it won't happen this year, but as I said in the lead, you can, can never count on anything these days, these, these last couple of decades. If agencies don't completely shut down and yet they don't want to, in general, be in violation of the Anti-Deficiency Act, so what can they spend in general? Is, is there a way to characterize it in a lapse in appropriations, such as making sure pipes don't freeze or you know, the accepted personnel? That is exactly right. There are exceptions 
in the law that allow for emergencies involving the safety of human life or the protection of property. And that's pretty much it. But is there much wiggle room within that? It seems like agencies can drive a locomotive through a loophole like that. Well, agencies do have some discretion to determine what is considered an emergency involving the safety of human life or the the protection of property. But agencies prior to the shutdown should have contingency plans that have been sent to OMB and posted on their website. So they shouldn't be reversing course during the shutdown itself. Got it. We're speaking with Shirley Jones, Managing Associate General Counsel of the Government Accountability Office. And there are other situations that are maybe a little tougher to figure out, such as ongoing contracts for services. And I'm thinking of cloud computing, and a lot of functions do stop, and so the demand for whatever computing resources goes down. But some things you can't shut off completely. That is correct. Um, Assuming that ongoing service contracts are either fully funded or are funded through an appropriation that has not suffered a lapse, there are still questions about what can take place regarding those ongoing service contracts. For example, the question arises is whether such contracts require government personnel to continue to operate, and if so, whether there's an appropriation available to pay those personnel or whether the agency may incur obligations for those personnel under an exception. So if the operation of the contract does not implicate lapse appropriations, then the shutdown is not an issue. For example, if it is either fully funded or funded by an appropriation that does not require a lapse. And if something does lapse, but you can't really, it's critical that the service remain going, is the government able legally to issue an IOU to a vendor? No, the government does not issue IOUs. If the, if the contract does not fall within one of those exceptions for emergencies, for human life, or the protection of property, and and the protection of property might be implicated with regard to an ongoing contract, depending on what type of contract it is. Because otherwise, then an IOU amounts to obligating funds in the absence of an appropriation, and you're back to anti-deficiency. That is exactly correct. Under the Anti-Deficiency Act, agencies cannot authorize expenditures that exceed the amount available or in advance of the appropriation. And suppose someone is attending, say, a conference in Kansas City. I won't say Hawaii because people don't do that anymore. But they go to Kansas City and they from Washington and the lapse in appropriation occurs while they're on the road. Can they come home? That's undoubtedly a question that arises during every shutdown, and as part of the orderly shutdown, an agency should endeavor to bring those employees who are on official travel home because there is no longer an appropriation available to incur the associated obligations for them to remain on travel. Again, the agencies should look at whether any exceptions apply. And I already know the answer to this, but not everyone might, so I'm going to have you answer it anyhow. A lot of people figure, well, I'm going to be stuck home. Uh, The agency is quote-unquote shut down. I'll just work under the table. I'll telework, and I can communicate with colleagues through maybe personal email if government servers are not operating. That's a no-no too, isn't it? It is indeed. We have very dedicated federal workers, but employees who are paid from an appropriation that has lapsed and who are not authorized to work under an exception during the shutdown should not be working 
not teleworking, not under the table, not otherwise. The government cannot accept voluntary services except in those limited exceptions that I spoke about earlier. Okay, and uh, the other question I had was the appointees. Now, they're not covered under this. They they sometimes have to go to work, correct? I'm thinking of the last, not the last shutdown, but a couple of shutdowns ago, the Merit Systems Protection Board members were meeting basically in a dark, cold building with candlelight almost, but still continuing to read their cases, even though there was no support staff. And that, that will be correct. If uh, appointees or board members have an appropriation that covers their salaries, then they would continue to work. But the same question arises that we spoke about regarding those contracts. If um, those appointees require other government personnel to continue to operate, then there's going to be a problem. And similarly with the, the government building, if um, the, the, the building itself is um, closed and they um, are otherwise working, then they're going to um, have to address those situations that you described. Yes, because a closed building could be a threat to health or safety, too, I suppose. Absolutely, it could. It's definitely something that agencies should be addressing in those contingency plans before the government actually shuts down. Anything else people should know, the top-line rules and pieces of knowledge you need, should there be a lapse in appropriations? Well, there are several sources that um, both agencies and the public can look to for additional information um, on our website, we have our pr- Principles of Appropriations Law Treatise, and it discusses funding gaps and other general principles related to uh, federal appropriations laws. The Office of Personnel Management also has guidance for shutdowns on its website, and the Office of Management and Budget, they have their standard guidance in circular A11, but they also issued just recently in June some frequently asked questions that address a variety of topics related to this any potential shutdown. So nobody should be able to claim they didn't know. That is correct. There is considerable guidance out there. And of course, as I noted earlier, agencies have their contingency plans, and those are posted on their websites as well. Generally, they're there when Um, A shutdown is imminent. Shirley Jones is Managing Associate General Counsel of the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. It was my pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.